All righty. So uh, tonight's topic uh, is one which uh, variations of it I've been working on since uh, for the past month or so. Uh, and it's one of those things which um, we never really thought would be uh, so relevant. Uh, it came up relevant in one context. And then from there, um, I found an application which is uh, a little bit more relevant and something which is a little bit uh, uh, more lemaisa. Uh, and it's really going to, it says on the top, oh, I didn't show the screen. I'll show you in a second. So really what we're going to do is it's related to tattooing. Now, I don't think anybody here is going out and getting a tattoo. That's not something which I assume is on anybody's uh, agenda or their to-do list for the next uh, day, week, month, year, or lifetime. But nonetheless, as we will see, there are circumstances where people feel a very strong urge to go ahead and, uh, or need to go ahead and get a tattoo. And the question will be, in those circumstances, is there room for leniency? Is there, is there not? So we're not talking about like a skull and bones on one's uh, bicep or something like that, or the name mom written somewhere on one's uh, body. That's not where we're going with this. We're going to go to a, uh, a different area, one which actually uh, I find to be a, a pretty interesting application. Let me just find where share screen is. So the specific application, which should now appear on the screen over there, is permanent makeup. So permanent makeup is, if I was a uh, female, I would probably do this just because, um, you know, grooming activities I find to be a big waste of time. So if I could just like do it once and I'm good for the next year or two. So <laughs> that would actually be ideal uh, for, for me. But you find that uh, sometimes it could be uh, the, the specific application, which I, I was reading through last night, about which there are a number of chuvas about this, uh, relates to, revolves around, a woman who is getting chemotherapy and she loses her hair. So the hair on top of her head, so that's not such a big deal. She could always get a shato. But as far as her eyebrows are concerned, uh, so then if those fall out, so what exactly are you going to do? It's kind of hard to get a shato that's just for eyebrows. It really doesn't work. It doesn't stay on very well. I imagine people have tried, but it doesn't stay on well. So what some people do is there's a possibility to go ahead and to do a, a tattoo of sorts where ink is put under the skin. And at least from somewhat of a distance, it will look like somebody has eyebrows. So in a situation such as that, such as uh, somebody with uh, who's receiving chemotherapy and they want to almost literally save face in order to, uh, to not, uh, look, uh, not to look out of the ordinary. So would they be able to get this permanent makeup, which permanent is a little bit of a misnomer because it does wear, out, wear off over time. And as we're going to see, that's going to be grounds for somewhat of a, of a leniency. But is that something which is going to be allowed given that circumstance or not? So in order to answer this question, so we need to do is we need Rabbi, to- Rabbi, I have a question. Yes, already. Great. Yes. Uh, there was a nurse who wanted to have, uh, do not resuscitate uh, on her. Uh, and she knows that if she has a heart problem, the first thing the paramedics do is they, they resuscitate you. Because she had a tattoo put on her chest saying, uh -huh. do not resuscitate. Uh -huh. I'm wondering if that would be allowed. Uh -huh. I, I, I would probably rather her uh, tattoo on her chest in case of emergency open here. Or <laughs> something along those lines, which will, <laughs> you know, give them access to uh, to whatever it is that's uh, that's going on, rather than choose the uh, the DNR. 
Um, so we'll see. Uh, we're, we're not going to address that exact case, but we, we that that specific case would actually make it a little bit more difficult halachically. And you know, we'll, we'll we'll see why shortly why that uh, why that is so. Okay, so we begin with the Torah's pasuk. The pasuk of the Torah is really half a pasuk, uh, which addresses the isadaris of getting a tattoo. And it says, this is the first source over here, it's in Parshas Kedoshim, Perkyotas Pasach Havches, Uksoves Kaka Lositu Bachem Ani Hashem. And we translate to mean, we'll see the specific words, but we're just going to translate just very generally now. It means that one is not allowed to get a tattoo. Uh, you're not allowed to put a tattoo on yourself. This, uh, so says Hashem. Okay, so now there are two words over here which are key. Ksoves and kaka. So, what exactly do these two words mean? So, here now we uh, the the area in Shas where this is discussed is a Mishnah and a uh, not a very big sugya, but a sugya in Makkas. So, uh, those who remember from the Dafyomi days, so the third parak of Makkas has to do with averas for which one gets Malkus. So almost any regular lav, any regular Torah pro- prohibition which a person violates. So that, that's going to carry the punishment of of Malchus, of uh, of lashes. So amongst all of the different uh, things which are enumerated over there, so the Mishnah there says, it's the Malchus Chesem says, HaKosev Ksovas Kaka. So somebody gets a tattoo, so that's a violation of the Isidar and it's punishable with Malchus. So if there was a Sanhedrin around, if there was a basin around, and the violator was duly warned, hey, what you're about to do is an Isidaraisa, and if you do so, you're going to get Malchus. And he says, I know, and I'm going to do it anyways. So we'd give him Malchus for violating this Isidaraisa. But then the Mishnah goes on to say, Kasav Velo Kaka, or Kaka Velo Kasav. So we have two different uh, words in the Pasuk which, which capture what the Torah understands to be a tattoo. And that is, the word kasav is to write, obviously. And then the word kaka means to uh, scratch the skin. So it seems to be what they would do is, they would initially sc- scratch the skin. They would put the, you know, they would make a design scratching into the skin, like taking a blade or something like that. And then once the skin was open, then they would put the ink into that. That was one way, scratch first and then ink. Or according to others, it's actually Machlok has shown them about this, which we're not going to go into. But according to others, what they would do is they would use the ink and they would draw the design with ink on the skin first. And then when the ink was on the skin, then they would scratch the skin, which allows the ink to penetrate. But the Mishnah understands that there's two stages to the Isidaraisa of tattoos, scratching the skin, and then the application of ink, the writing with the ink into that into the skin. So here the Mishnah says that if you write, but you don't scratch in, like I take this pen and I write a phone number on my hand. So I wrote on my skin, but I didn't scratch it in. Or if I scratch my skin and I don't use any ink on top of that, then I just have a, a scratch down my hand. So says the Mishnah, so one is not chayv, meaning that at the very least, it's not a punishable offense. There's a disagreement whether it's us or all together, but at the very least, the Mishnah is telling us that it's not a punishable offense. should say, until you go ahead and you uh, uh, write and you scratch with ink, is, let's say, a blue ink, 
or anything else which is going to leave a permanent mark. We're going to define permanent uh, in a little bit right now, actually. But this is what the Mishnah says. And this is going to be important that the Mishnah defines tattoos as these two stages, scratching of the skin, uh, cutting through the th- cutting through the skin, and then ink going into the skin, which then leaves this uh, this permanent mark. So that's another reason why just writing with a ballpoint pen would not be an iser, would not be a violation of this iser, because it's certainly not going to be uh, it's not going to be permanent. Uh, with some good soap, you could wash it off in, uh, in in not too long. Okay, but this is what the uh, the, the Mishnah says. So now now uh, the Ritva in his commentary to the uh, to the Mishnah over there. And we, we could have chosen one of a number of Rishonim, but we just chose the Ritva because I think he's the, the clearest about this. He says, Perish, Kaka, the word Kaka means she kakea or bikli obiyad. You're scratching the skin. And as far as this uh, Isser is concerned, it doesn't make a difference whether you're cutting through the skin with a kli, with some sort of instrument, a knife or something, or you go ahead and you use your hand, use your fingernails or something like that. Uksiva, and then we talk about the ksovas, the writing part of the iser. That is who sheimale hakakos dio osamo sikrikiyotzebo. So here the ritva has the order that first you go ahead and you scratch the skin, and then you fill those scratches with some sort of permanent ink. That was in the time of Chazal, in the time of the Torah. So that was the method by which they would uh, they would make, do, make tattoos. Umishkachas ksiva kodemus lekakoa. And then he says, you could also find where the writing is done before the scratching. First, you go ahead and use the permanent ink and you write the, uh, you know, you make the, you know, the DNR, you write those letters onto the skin. And then, and then you go ahead and you scratch the skin where the ink is with a needle or a knife. The basar, and then the ink gets trapped in between the muscle and the skin. Let's just say, and here's going to be the key. What we one of the things which are going to be essential for us, venira kol hayamin. And the Ritva says that once you go ahead and you do this isudaraisa of tattooing, so it's going to be visible kol hayamin for the remainder of one's life. So permanent means permanent. So as long as a person is around, so we're not talking about what you would get in the uh, gumball machines where you get those uh, kids' tattoos where you lick it and then you just slap it on the skin and you leave it there for a minute and then you peel it off and you have you know, a, a heart that says mom or something like that. So we're not talking about that type of uh, tattoo which, uh, which kids have. We're talking about an adult tattoo which once you get it, it is permanent and it's not going anywhere. But the main thing is, is that according to the Ritva, and this is something which is going to be important as we proceed, according to the Ritva, it seems that in order to violate the Isidaraisa, it has to be that the tattoo is permanent, and it can't be one which is going to fade over time. If it over time it's going to fade, so then it may not be the Isidaraisa of getting a tattoo, it may be an Isidarbanan, but it's not an Isidaraisa. And if that is true, if our understanding of the Ritva is true, that the Isidaraisa is only when it's permanent, and if it's somehow temporary, it's not going to be at the very least a punishable offense, or it may not be an Isidaraisa, then we'd have to go ahead and define what exactly is the duration of permanent and what's the duration of temporary.
like these uh, these uh, uh, makeup tattoos, these permanent makeups, so they could last a year and a half, two years. So is that already considered to be too long a period of time? And that already is considered to, that's going to qualify as permanent. It would still be a violation of the Yisudar Isa. Or are we going to say that that is considered to be, as long as it's not forever, then it's not considered to be permanent and that would not be in Isidar Isa. As we'll see, that's going to be grounds for, uh, for, uh, for leniency. So this is the opinion of the Ritva. He is one of one group of Rishonim about this matter. Now you have another Rishon, the Nemuka Yosef. So he also in defining the, uh, the, the Isidar Isa of tattoos, so he writes Kolomar, in other words, oro. so he goes with the scratching first. So after a person goes ahead and scratches open their skin, so you go ahead and you put ink, you insert ink into that existing scratch, and it's going to be visible there. Now here comes a key phrase from, from the Nemuke Yosef. This is why we're looking at the Nemuke Yosef, Zman Gadol. For a long time. Now there's a big difference halachically between long time and forever. Long time may already be a week, a month, a year, two years. That already may be a long time. But the Nemuke Yosef doesn't say kol hayamim. It doesn't say it's going to be visible for all days. He just says a long time. So that already may make it lower the bar in terms of something which may be visible for a year, that already may qualify as a long time and violate the Nisodaraisa, as opposed to the Ritva, he may say that one year or two years is not considered to be, it doesn't matter if it's a long time, as long as it's not permanent. So here we have an Nisodaraisa, whether or not somebody has a long-term tattoo, but it's not permanent, it's not there forever, is that going to be an Nisodaraisa or not? Um, and then he says, now the Nemuke Yosef weighs in on this other point, which is also, it's going to be interesting. He says, And he also emphasizes that to violate the Isidaraisa, so you have, there's two steps to a tattoo to violate the Isidaraisa. There has to be scratching and there has to be writing. That's number one. And then he says, Velishna Dekra Nakat. And the language in the Mishnah is based on the Pasuk, because it says, Uksoves Kaka. So he says, what's the sequence? The sequence is writing, and the word Kaka means scratching. So writing, scratching. Shaharei Tchila Hukorea Ha'or. I'm sorry, it's writing into the scratch. That's the way he's he, he's learning it. The, the phrase ksovis kaka means that you're writing into the scratch. or meaning the first thing you need to do is you need to scratch open the skin. And then afterwards you apply the ink, you inject the ink, you place the ink, you you write into that uh, that open thing. But that's the way the Namuka Yosef goes that and, and learns that. So this is something which is, so we have now, in it, we have a machlokas rishonim with regards to the isidaraisa, whether or not only a tattoo which is permanent, meaning till death do us part, only that is going to be an isidaraisa, but one which lasts for a year or two and then fades away would not be an isidaraisa. Or according to the Namoki Yosef, it may very well be that, uh, um, 
that um, uh, that it would be a it would not be an isadaraisa as long as it's not going to be a, the nimukayos would say even if it's not permanent even if it's just going to be there for a long time would still be an isadaraisa. Okay, so that is one machlokas. Now we put that off to the side. We put that in a compartment somewhere in our brain, and we're going to come back to that uh, later. Now we explore a different aspect of this discussion. But since the Nimoki Yosef specifies in order, would he hold that if it's in the other order, it's not a violation, at least the Orisa? It could be, yeah, right. Right. It's not going to be so relevant for us in terms of the Mitzias, so that's why we're not uh, going to explore that uh, so much now. But yes, there are are Rishonim who say that if you if it, that if there's a specific sequence and you don't follow that sequence, it may not be an isodaraisa, at least a punishable isodaraisa. So now we're going to see. We're going to have an example now uh, to uh, to emphasize this idea that you need to do both. So the Gemara now says, "This is the Gemara in Malkus Chafal Fumadal, Amr of Malkiya, Amr of Anabar Ava." So you have some Amoraim say, Adam Gabi Makaso." So. It used to be before we had iodine or before you had, uh, you know, an antibiotic cream or ointment that you would put on a scratch. So what would a person do if they had a scratch and they didn't want it to get infected or something like that? So uh, back in the day, they would go ahead and they would take some ash from a burnt piece of wood and you go ahead and you just shove that into your uh, your your scraped knee and, you know, uh, it'll be fine. You'll have a, it'll leave a mark somewhat, but it'll be just, it'll just be fine. So Malkiyah, the name of Adarava says that actually you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to go ahead and put ash into an open gash. If we could rhyme that, if that's okay with you guys. So you can't put ash into that open gash. Why? Because there's going to be a period of time where it will look like the person got a tattoo. Because you could see that there was a scratch there in the skin, and now there's black where that scratch is, and the appearance of that black color on the scratch that is Maris Ion, that would seem to be the simple way of, of looking at this. It's Maris Ion, it gives the appearance of impropriety that maybe this person received a tattoo. Therefore, you should not use that as a way of healing this, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the cut that a person has. But comes along Ravashi and says, I disagree. Ravashi Amar, that when we see that the person did not cut themselves intentionally, when it looks like a random um, sliced open knee or sliced open chin or sliced open elbow or something like that. So as long as everybody could see that this originated with a maka, this originated with an actual uh, accident, Rather than the intention to make a uh, a uh, a tattoo, makaso mochiachalav. So the wound itself makes it obvious that this was done for medicinal purposes, some sort of therapeutic outcome, rather than in order to create a tattoo. And therefore, he is of the opinion that it's not going to be aser. So here, part of why they say that it's not going to be aser. Part of the analysis over here is, if you remember, we said that in order to violate the Isidarais of a tattoo, so there has to be two stages. You have to cut the skin, you have to, you have to scratch the skin, <coughs> and you have to put in ink. So over here, if what the first part of that was, I fell off my bicycle and I cut open my knee, I didn't scratch my skin. 
it got scratched because I fell off my bike. It was nothing to do with an intentional thing. So now when I go ahead and I put ashes in there, so even in the worst case, if I were to put ink in there, it probably would not be an isodoraisa because I didn't do the scratching. The isodoraisa is when you intentionally scratch so that you could fill it up with ink or vice versa, but you're doing both of those steps uh, intentionally for the purpose of a tattoo, not in the event that I got a scratch because I fell off my bicycle, I fell off the ladder or something like that. I slipped on the uh, the cement and the, the black ice, and now I have a cut, and I went ahead and I, I, I filled it in. But this also gives us room to say that there are circumstances that... Um, that if I know that the person's intent was not uh, tattoo intention, but it was some other ulterior motive, perhaps when a person has uh, is getting chemotherapy and they want to have uh, what looks like eyebrows rather than not, so then you could say that it's the their condition, mochiach, a love, indicates us why exactly the person did so, and they didn't do so with the intention of of, uh, of tattooing, they did so with the intention to beautify themselves. Now you can disagree because here the tattoo is meant to beautify them. That's really what the, in- the, the intent is trying to do, but we're, we're trying to, uh, to build a structure over here. Okay, now... Yeah, now uh, I, in, no, I assume yeah. even, even according to the view that this is also well, to, to put um, uh, Permanent dust, on, dust on a wound, that it, it would presumably only be an Isra de Rabbanon, right? I mean, right, right, Mar- Mar- right. Yeah, okay. Right. Now we say, uh, the next thing is that what exactly is, there's also a disagreement in the, in the Rishonim, another aspect of, the, uh, of, uh, of tattooing. And that is, what exactly are, is one writing onto their skin, which is going to constitute the Isra de Raisa? So there are some who hold that uh, this is an opinion in the Gemara, which the Gemara ultimately rejects, but there's an opinion which says that the only tattoo, which is Nisidar Isa, is if one were to t- tattoo the name of the Avodazara and Avodazara into their skin. So that was a way of identifying with your, yourself as a member of the tribe, the member of the tribe of these worshipers or those worshipers. So they would sort of brand themselves by putting the name of the Avodah Zara into their skin. And there are those who say that the only Yisadarais is when you go ahead and you, uh, you do so. Others maintain, and this is why we paskin, that it doesn't have to be the name of the Avodah Zara in order to be an Yisadaraisa. It could be an Yisadaraisa anyways, but there is going, as we're going to see now, but there is going to be an Yisadaraisa, whether or not it is, uh, there, sorry, there is going to be a machlokas, whether or not you write words or will pictures also be an Isidaraisa? So here you have, um, uh, yeah, so the Sefer Chinuch says, as he presents this, uh, this mitzvah, as he describes the, uh, this, uh, this Isidaraisa, he says, if a person violates this Isidaraisa of tattooing by the cuss of Afilo Os Achas, and they write even a single letter, First, you can write the letter Aleph, the letter Beis, an A or a B, or whatever it happens to be. Anywhere on the body, in the way in which we describe, meaning with a scratch and some ink. But here, the Sefer Chinuch says very clearly that it's going to be Aser as soon as a person writes even one letter. But it sounds like 
and this is the way many uh, many uh, mafarshim understand the uh, the sefer achinuch. Then, in order to violate the Israel, at the very least, it has to be a letter, but a picture of a flower or something like that uh, may very well not be an Israel daraisa because it's not it's not it's not a letter. It's not words, and it's not a letter. It's just a picture of something, and maybe a picture could uh, could be different. That's too distant from what used to be done in the time of the Torah, where they would tattoo the name of the Avodah into their skin, and something which is just a picture, so that uh, may not uh, may not be an issue. But others uh, uh, others point to this Sefer HaMitzvah of the Rambam and say that the Rambam uses a little bit more general language, which may indicate that he holds that anything that is, is tattooed onto the skin, whether it's a word, whether it's a letter, or even a picture. And he says, the, the, the Rambam in the Sefer Mitzvah writes, by Mitzvah HaMem Aleph, there's Losa say 41, So there's a prohibition against a Rishima doesn't necessarily have to be words. It's any marking on the body. Let's call it marking. So it's marking bigufenu on the body, with some sort of colored ink. Whatever those the types of inks are. I think it's the, the, the translation of Parker Pen. Like idolaters used to do. As is well known, and uh, by uh, the people who live in the in uh, Egypt in the time of the Rambam, apparently they would get the tattoo. They would tattoo the name of the Avodah Zara into into their skin. So that was a common thing, and therefore, that was something which was usher. Actually, it just occurred to me now. I should probably go back and look at those uh, when they have videos of people visiting these like African tribes, which haven't you know, uh, are not up to date at all in, in any sense of the word. And they use lots of different face paints and lots of different piercings and stuff like that. Have to see how exactly they do their tattoos, what their process, because many of them do have tattoos. And what is their process? Their proper process is probably more similar to what the, uh, the these Rishonim in what the Torah is describing in terms of scratching into the skin rather than using hypodermic needles of uh, injecting the uh, the ink into the skin. But yeah, so that is the way that is uh, that is brought down. Now, uh, so so far we have two uh, disagreements in the Rishon, which are going to be important. Number one is how permanent does the tattoo have to be in order to violate the Isidara And number two, do you have to write specifically letters? Or even if you do a picture of some sort, is that also going to be a violation of the Isidara Now, with these types of things, of course, we always say to ourselves, okay, it's really wonderful to learn the lumdis and to learn the Rishonim of what their debates about these halachic matters are. But at the end of the day, we need to come out with some, some sort of final conclusion. Sometime between 9.10 and 9.20 tonight, we need to come up with some sort of a conclusion. And therefore, uh, a machlogus Rishonim tells us interesting ideas, but doesn't give us a psak halacha. So for that, we obviously turn to Shulchan Aruch, and Shulchan Aruch, so let's read. This is the beginning of Simon Kuf Pei. So here Shulchan Aruch says, Uksovis Kaka, so what's the Yisidaris of a tattoo? Hainu Shesorit al Besaro, you scratch the skin. Umemali Makamasrita Bechol Odio, and then you go ahead and you fill that scratch with sand or ink, Osharzivonim Haroshmim, or any other color which is going to leave a mark. So what did Shulchan Aruch say about permanence? Nada. Didn't mention it at all. 
What did Shulchan Aruch say about a letter versus a picture? Not really anything at all. So from, from the fact that the Shulchan Aruch is relatively generic and vague about these things, that may very well imply that all of the different potential cases may, uh, may all actually be awesome. The, the so Shulchan Aruch is, is specifying an order, though. What? The Shulchan Aruch seems to be specifying an order. Um, yeah, correct. So now it seems to be, though, that Shulchan Aruch may have given us a specific order, where he said you you scratch the skin and then you fill that up with ink. If you look at the shach, though, so it could be that there's a machlokas over here, but the shach right over there, thank you very much, Art. So the shach over there says, He maintained that as far as this is concerned, it doesn't really make a difference, the order. And the same thing would be true if you wrote with the ink first on the skin, and then you scratch beneath that. So Shulchan Aruch may or may not, one could argue whether Shulchan Aruch, it, it, you, you have to describe both things. He could have said Huadin, but he went ahead and he presented that once there's a scratch and there's ink, that's going to be a violation of the Yisra Shulchan Aruch mentioned scratch and then ink, and then the Shach comes along and says, in his opinion, in the Bach's opinion, even if you go ahead and you write and then scratch, it's going to end up being the same Yisra Okay. Now, so here we have... Uh, from the source number 10 over here. So now we're jumping a number of generations. Source 10 is this, this is a chuba from the Minchas Asher. Minchas Asher is Rav Asher Weiss. Some of you may or, or may not have heard of Rav Asher Weiss. He is one of the uh, the leading postcom of the generation, you know, where we are now, 2023. So he is one of the go-to voices in terms of uh, Psaq Halacha. He was one of those who three years ago almost three years ago, he was, you know, almost every week was coming out with two or three more tshuvas about corona-related things. So he's somebody who's very much, uh, you know, in, involved in uh, uh, Psak Halacha. Uh, brilliant, brilliant uh, man, very confident in terms of, uh, you know, his per- perspective on things. And he's, not, a, he's not, uh, not shy about disagreeing with people when he feels that he should disagree. And he's not shy about, uh, you know, formulating his, uh, his opinion, sharing his thoughts. So he now comes along as he's asked this question about the permanent makeup, and he uh, presents the following. And this is going to be very much, I, I was excited to see this because I was wondering the same thing. Obviously, that's why I was excited to see it, that somebody, uh, uh, somebody much greater than myself also had the, uh, a, a similar perspective. And he says as follows, So what we need to look into is, the way tattoos are done nowadays. And now in his tshuva on this, is Chelik Beis, Simen Nunvav, in his tshuva, he begins with a description of the difference between a permanent tattoo and permanent makeup in terms of how deep, whether it just goes under the dermis or it goes under the epidermis. I don't know. One, one goes deeper than the, than the other one. So the, uh, a regular tattoo, a full-fledged tattoo, that goes deeper under the skin, and that's why it's more permanent. And the permanent uh, makeup, which lasts for a year or two, so that goes uh, uh, on a shallower place beneath the uh, the skin of the, the the surface of the skin, and that's why over time it wears off. Okay, so he says, but we need to explore the way tattoos are done nowadays. As we said, is very different than they were in the time of the Torah and the time of Chazal. She'ein ba ba she'ein should really be bo, I think she'ein bo. Yeah, she'ain bo srita klau, because nowadays 
there's no scratching of the skin. When you go to the tattoo artist, they don't scratch your skin first and then put in ink or put ink on the skin and then scratch the surface. Uh, so there's no scratching or cutting of the skin. But what they do is they use these needles. And I've seen it. I've, I've seen videos where they have a collection of like five different needles, which have ink, you know, which has ink leading into them. And it's just like getting your flu shot. But it's just five of those needles together. And it's on a little motor, which is going, you know, back and forth, p- poking into the skin. So they have the outline of what they're filling in, and then they're just filling in the color within the outline, which is there, all the details you don't know. But there's no scratching of the skin. That's the main thing. You just have these hypodermic needles, which are going beneath the surface of the skin, and leaving behind, injecting ink, and then being pulled out. So being that there's no scratching of the skin, certainly in the classic sense of scratching the this, this skin, im yeshbo iser. Is there going to be an iser? There's no word gilachora. Dilachora, Ein kan, because seemingly, ein kan srita. There's no scratching of the skin, not before the ink or after the ink. Vimashmos kaka hu srita beor, berambam. And if the meaning of the word kaka means scratching of the skin, which is the simple reading of the Mishnah and the way the Rambam seemed to describe it, minale diesh isr lolo srita. So how do you know that there's an isr daraisa? to go ahead and get a tattoo or to put a tattoo into your skin nowadays when there's no scratching of the skin. It's all done with these, uh, with these needles. Maybe the Rambam didn't really mean to get specific and say you only violate the Isidaraisa if the tattoo is done with scratching and writing. But if it's not done with that, then it's not an Isidaraisa. Maybe that wasn't the Rambam's intent at all. He was merely describing how in his time um, uh, uh, tattoos were done. But not that it, that's the only way that it's going to be an Isidaraisa. Maybe he'd agree that if we come up with this new method of using these needles, which inject ink under the skin, maybe he would agree that there would also be an Isidaraisa. But it doesn't, it, it's not as if that's the only way you could violate the answer. And maybe the Rambam would say, we don't care what the method is. As long as at the end of the day, you got a bunch of ink under your skin, which says, hi, mom, or mom loves me or something like that. So, Torah. So that would be an Isidaraisa. And we don't care how it got there, where it got there, the specific method of uh, putting the ink in there. Maybe the Rambam doesn't really care. But on the other hand, Meidach, you could also argue, after the Nisr, Al-Kashi'e Maybe the only time there's going to be Nisr is if there is actual scratching of the skin, Viksav, as well as writing, Ukepirish Ksovas Kaka, which is a simple reading of the Pasuk, which says the writing scratching. And maybe the, the, the wording of the Pasuk is, is, is specific, it's describing a specific method, and that includes scratching. And therefore, if Asher Wai says, how do you know that, that the way tattoos are done nowadays are necessarily in Isidaraisa? It could very well be that it's not an Isidaraisa because we're missing one of the two main components of the Isser, which is scratching. And he's not, he's not 100% sure. Now he says, if this is an interesting, thing, an interesting perspective he has, he says, Umatsinu, and we do find Bisure Torah. When it comes to various prohibitions of the Torah, is, is he's going to explain there's actually two categories 
of isurim of the Torah. Sometimes by a mitzvah I say also, but there's two categories of isurim, and that is sometimes all the Torah cares about is the result. We don't care how you get to that point, as long as you reach that point, so you have already violated an Isra And sometimes the Isra is going to be only when you do the action of that prohibition. If you never perform the action, even though the result is there, so it's uh, your... Uh, uh, you're not going to be responsible. So sometimes, in other words, is is it the action, uh, the behavior, which is what's the isadaraisa, or is it the net result, which is going to be a violation of that isadaraisa? So over here, the, the question would be, is it giving yourself a tattoo, which is isadaraisa, or the very fact that in the end of the day, you have a tattoo, that already is the iser. So which one of those is the iser? And over here, by tattooing, it's not clear. Ve'en ledavar hechra. And in this context, we don't have a definitive conclusion which way to go. Elaborius, and in most cases, you need to have some sort of proof as far as whether the Isser is the result or the Isser is the action. However, he says, so even though we don't have a definitive uh, conclusion, my heart leads me to believe, being that the only way you're going to be able to get the ink under the skin is you do have to pierce through the skin. It may be microscopic, but there is a hole in the skin. Otherwise, you couldn't get the uh, you couldn't get the ink in there. So in the so maybe there is no fundamental difference, practical difference, whether or not you're piercing the skin, you're puncturing the skin in order to get the ink under the skin, or whether or not you're actually scratching. And therefore, the matter requires further research. But this, as we're going to see, is going to be a significant factor. Um, okay, well, we, we won't read the Lavush inside, just for, uh, for time purposes. So now, after uh, additional analysis about uh, some other uh, uh, factors which are, which are relevant, so now we get to uh, uh, Rav Asher Weiss's final conclusion. And that is Sovtavar. So now this uh, now uh, the, the 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 lumdis is great. It's exciting to explore and to think about and to analyze. But there are people who are waiting for a definitive answer, and they want to know: Can I get this? Can I not get this? What's the story? So here says Ravashrayf. And now you get to see a little bit about how a postate thinks and weighs out different ideas and different machlokas and and how. Uh, you take all of that information and you have to distill it into a psak halacha. So he says, after So Vashawai says, it's true. There are grounds to adopt a lenient position as far as tattoos nowadays because of a svek sveka. Svek sveka, as you know, is when we're able to layer multiple uncertainties upon one another. So the more layers of uncertainty we could add, the more that that structure leads us to the conclusion that something is mutter. So if you have just a suffix daraisa, suffix daraisa, the chumrah, you'd have to be machmer and suffix which is daraisa. But if you have a suffix and another suffix and perhaps another suffix, so all of those uncertainties together means that the likelihood that I'm violating this daraisa, I have to hit the bullseye three times consecutively in a row. I have to flip the coin and get heads three times in a row. So that halacha says that that's an unlikely occurrence and we don't have to be concerned about that. So why is me'ikar adin? Why are there strong grounds to be lenient nowadays. 
sorry, why is there room for leniency for the permanent makeup? We're not talking about getting a high mom tattoo. We're talking about the permanent makeup. So he says, I'll give you a number of uncertainties which lead us to the conclusion that one could argue that it should actually, that permanent makeup should be permitted. First of all, we have a suffix, or really it's a machlokas, but the machlokas creates a suffix, whether or not if you write a tattoo, which is not forever, it's only going to last a year or two, is that an isidaraisa or not? There are those who say that's not an isidaraisa. Then another suffix is, there's another uh, isidari, there's another suffix about if you add color to the skin, you add ink under the skin, but it doesn't form a letter, the image of a letter, and you didn't draw a picture of a flower or a heart or something like that. So you just have a blotch. We'll see that it'll be significant. So that is another suffix, whether that is an isidaraisa. Milvad, on top of which, we have the other uncertainty, which we just mentioned, whether or not there's an isidaraisa if you don't scratch the skin with an actual scratch, not just puncturing it with a, with a needle, but you're not to, you don't scratch the skin. And you just inject the ink under the skin with a needle. And certainly, there's more room for leniency. When it's clearly evident, if a person is going to go ahead and do like the eyebrows, so it's evident that they're not doing that as a, a means of trying to resemble non-Jews. It's not chukas It's certainly not a vodazara, and it's not trying to resemble non-Jews. The person has a very clear ulterior motive why they want to get that, and that's to save them from the embarrassment and humiliation of not having eyebrows. So that's something which is also an important factor. One of the um, one of the important things you should know in terms of sakalacha is that um, when if something is isadaraisa, it's very difficult to permit it. If something is only an isadarabanan, then we could say kavadabrius. Then we could say that in order to maintain human dignity and that a person shouldn't be embarrassed and humiliated, that could override an isadarabanan. So by taking these sveikas, even if these suffix would say, oh, you're right, it's not an isidaraisa, but it's still an isidarabanan. An isidarabanan is still aser, but once you've downgraded it to an isidarabanan, then kavadabriya's human dignity can override a durabanan. And that gives us much more room to work with in terms of when there's a necessity, when a person actually needs it, because otherwise they're embarrassed to go, to go outside. So he says, now, so we have all of these uncertainties. We have one, if it's not permanent, it's not forever. Number two is there's no letters and you're not drawing a picture of a flower. Number three is you're not even scratching the skin. You're just injecting the ink with the, by puncturing the skin with a needle. And then number four, it's clear that the person is not doing this in any way for Avodah or in any ways to resemble non-Jews. They're doing it just in order to save face. Says Rav Asher he says, really, any one of these uncertainties gives us enough of a strong enough foundation to lean towards being lenient. They're saying, you know what, it's okay. And certainly when you have a circumstance where all of these uncertainties arise and are relevant and can be stacked one on, one on top of the other, certainly in that case, there's strong grounds to say that we're going to be, we're going to be lenient. So now we have a lot of room over here, it says Rav Asher Weiss, to go ahead and be lenient. However, he's not done. 
אמנם עדיין לא נמלטנו לגמרי מחשש איסדרבנו. However, we're still, still dealing with something which is a potential איסדרבנו. Uh, this we don't need. So he says that there could still be an Isidurban, and therefore he says that if uh, Shafa was a woman and just out of laziness doesn't want to do his eyebrows and therefore is going to go ahead and use permanent makeup to go ahead and have his eyebrows down once, and then I don't have to go to the, uh, the, to the hair salon or the nail salon or the eyebrow salon for the next two years. So to do that out of laziness, just to avoid that, so since there still is a potential Isidurabanan in place, so then Shafel's not going to get heter for that. Laziness is not a reason to go ahead and to be mater in Isidurabanan. No way, no how. However, he says, however it would appear, but when there's an actual real pressing need for a leniency, so then Rav Asher Weiss is confident enough, he's, 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 uh, he's uh, certain that there's a strong enough foundation to be lenient. Now, what was the Misa which he had? What was the, the Shiloh which he had? So there was a woman who came before me, a young woman who came before me, and she had she had in Tzalekes Bihira Al and she had a scar on her face, right? So a scar on her cheek, on her forehead, somewhere on her nose, somewhere there was a scar on her face, and she was embarrassed by this. And it was causing her pain and humiliation that she had, it certainly would not be good for Shaduchim or whatnot, or even if she was already married, as we're going to see. It's something that she was very self-conscious of, having this scar. So in what she wanted to do was, she wanted to have this permanent tattoo. She just wanted to have ink, injected onto the scar to change the color of the scar so that it should look flesh colored. That's what she wanted. So she wasn't drawing a picture of a sunset. She wasn't drawing a picture of a flower. She wasn't just saying, hi, mom, or something like that. She just wanted to use a tattoo to get rid of the the bright red or the dark red color of the scar which was on her face so that it should not be noticeable and she should be able to walk around with confidence that people aren't staring at her. So that, Rav Asher Weiss says, he tartila. That, I went ahead and I issued a heter for her. I gave her permission that she could get such a permanent tattoo. So that, it should reinforce and it should strengthen the, uh, the bond between husband and wife in that, uh, in, the, in that particular case. And that's his analysis of this. And I found last night, as I was uh, searching around, so there... Um, it is uh, also, it's a, there's a, uh, um, uh, an whatever the, the organization is in Eretz So apparently what they do is that the, when uh, interesting questions come up that are relevant to their organization, so they write up the question, they send it around to a bunch of gedolim, a bunch of different post in Eretz So they send this exact shayla about this permanent uh, tattoo uh, for a woman who is receiving um, uh, chemotherapy. And she didn't, uh, losing her hair, she could, she could wear a shayto, but she was worried about her eyebrows. And they sent it to one, two, not that I should have counted before, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine different post game, and all of them mattered it as well. They said that in a case that we're dealing with a, an issue of human dignity, 
though there would certainly be room to go ahead and permit a a a, a tattoo, a permanent uh, makeup in such a case, even though it uh, very much resembles a tattoo, and built on for one or many of these different reasons, but they all felt that the overriding factor is the fact that she would be embarrassed, humiliated to be walking around outside without this. And this is something which is going to give her peace of mind and comfort and confidence and self-esteem and all of that. And that's enough of a reason to permit this with uh, all of the uh, the uh, the factors which are here. All righty. Questions? I have a question. Yes. Okay, so you're saying for a person's dignity, they um, it's acceptable. So my uh -huh. question is that, what about um, a female that wants a permanent eyeliner? Because when she wakes up in the morning, she looks horrible. So she decides that she wants this permanent eyeliner. Is that allowed? Um, so that- That's that, also so, dignity. Right, so it, it, th that they would have to explore. They'd have to ask a you know, specific Shiloh, uh, how bad is it in the morning that, uh, that they feel that they can't even, uh, you know, wait an hour, wait half an hour to go ahead and put on eyeliner that they need to have it uh, done right away. So that would be- uh, Well, it's also uh, for Shabbos, you know? What? Well, yeah, well, that, that, that's one of the, some people want to do it for Shabbos. They want to avoid having uh, Shabbos issues and Yontif issues and stuff uh, like that. Indeed, there are those who uh, do that. That I think it will be a little bit harder to find, uh, to find a hatter. Not impossible, but it'll be a little bit, uh, a little bit harder. There's also uh, a, another application of this, which is a, a, a similar type of, uh, of discussion, is a woman who has a mastectomy. And then she would like to, again, for her own you know, comfort and her own confidence, they want to go ahead and they want to tattoo what would be a nipple onto her skin, onto the skin which, uh, which remains. So that also is something which, uh, you know, from what, from what I understand, I, I didn't look that up now in this context, but from what I understood, the post also said that that would, that would be the same thing, that that would already be mutter, because that would be a significant compromise in her self-esteem and her, uh, you know, even just between her, herself and her husband. But it's something which would be, uh, which uh, could be very damaging and very uh, um, painful. To, uh, to experience that constant reminder of that, and that's something which also poskim are a matter. But the Shabbos and Yontif or something like that, or just uh, before they get it on in the morning, that's a little bit more difficult. That's closer to the shaffle non-heter. Hey, thank you, Rabbi. All thank right, you. everybody. Have a good Shabbos. All the best. Uh, we'll see you next week, Tuesday and Thursday. Great.